The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you. This is Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, mostly always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And it is a very typical Chicago winter. Uh, how was your work week, Stephen? Um, well, I got stuck once on my way to work in my car, and then I got the work van stuck twice at work behind the studio in our alley, getting it in and out of the studio. So, um, you know, typical bullshit Chicago winter. Yeah, I had, um, well, I work at home now, so uh, I was like grateful, but I was, I, I've been putting in, you know, 10, 12 hour days. It's just been really crazy. And I was like, well, at least I got the weekend. Like yesterday, I'm like, I got the weekend. I got the weekend. And now it's, you know, it's going down to negative five tonight. Right. You still like, have the weekend, John. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, yeah, I wouldn't recommend fucking going outside at all. Yeah. I have a weekend of sitting in this apartment alone. It's <laughs> yeah. like, that's like, oh, everybody's working for the weekend. That's what Loverboy told us. What they didn't yeah. tell us was there was a verse that said, you're going to sit in your house alone with the internet going in and out. <laughs> in the cold in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, it's, oh, it was rough. It took me 15 minutes to scrape the ice off my windshield just to pick up Sebastian from school. Oh, that's disgusting. Which leads me to my annual question. Why yeah. does anyone voluntarily live here? Um, the summer's awesome. The summer's awesome everywhere. It's summer. Yeah. <laughs> is that the, true? The summer's awesome yeah. in San Diego. Well, I'll tell you why I'll never move is because um, the largest deposit of fresh water is like a, 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 a less than a half a mile away from my house. So, you know, when things get really bad and we start having wars over water in the next 20 years. you know, So, you, so your like, plan is to just go and drink Lake Michigan and that's going to get you through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be worth it for future Stephen 20 years from now in the post-apocalyptic <laughs> landscape where we're having water wars. And the eight months when that fresh water is solid like it is today? Um, I guess I'll bring some home and put it in my bathtub. <laughs> you know? You're going to have to walk out like the like the refugees in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it'll be like it'll be like that. Take a walk. <laughs> oh, oh, Chicago. Why do you hate us? Yeah. So? Um, this week, I, I was joking, uh, the other week that this is going to become a WandaVision podcast because every week there's something to talk about, but God damn it. If every week there isn't something to talk about, our fates was on last week and we ended up talking about it. We had Elliot on the other week. We ended up talking about it. Um, these last two weeks are insane. Well, um, it's a lot like, um, we're like a Disney plus show now. You know what I mean? It's like, we did this with the Mandalorian. Whenever the Mandalorian's on, that's all we talk about. Now we're doing with WandaVision. Falcon and Winter Soldier comes out in March. So we'll roll fucking right into that show. And it's well, like, uh, it's endless, you know? Well, that's the way geek has gone. Do you, do you remember when we started this show, when we talked about actual monthlies? Yeah, I do. We're, like Fondly. we talked about like a, a crossover events that Marvel and DC were doing. Yeah. I, I don't know what they're doing anymore. I yeah, and I I know enough of what they're doing. It's just there's not a lot I'm excited about. DC's rolling out all that future state garbage, which is like 
Convergence 2.0. You know what I mean? It's like, well, uh, it was supposed to be Rebirth 2.0, and then they fired Dan DiDio, and they were like, just publish the ones that were in the can. So it's now it's Convergence. Yeah. And it's, uh, I've tried a few of them. None of them are particularly interesting or great. So, and it's all temporary. It's like, I have a very hard time getting invested in comics that are temporary. You know what I mean? It's like the Marvel stuff I'm reading. It's it's all the stuff I've been reading, but it's all permanent. You know, this is all ongoing titles or miniseries that affect the characters. It's hard to be like, Oh, cool. DC's putting out a bunch of stuff about a future Batman that it won't, it's not going to go anywhere in three months. <laughs> it'll be over and we'll be back to regular Batman stories. Uh, unless it sells well, then it's going to get its own title out of continuity. Like, yeah, I guess that's true. Like Batman. But I'm not who- helping it sell well. It's got to do that on its own, John. I want no part in it. <laughs> well, I picked up, I was at Mr. Wayne's this week um, and I, I got the, uh, the latest Spider-Man set with Stiltman and Frogman oh, wow. and Spider-Verse. They're pretty great. And you got hand ninjas too? I got two hand ninjas so I can make Stiltman's legs even longer. And nice. ben, uh, ben and Sebastian have been playing with Stiltman all weekend. And uh, after I told them, Steven's going to be very jealous because there's nothing he likes more than jerk Marvel villains. Yes, that's true. Very true. Um, they also demanded I call Mike and ask for another hand ninja so his legs could be even longer. Did you? Yeah. Oh, good man. <laughs> right now his legs are 16 inches and Mike's holding another another one. So I think he'll be something like two feet tall. Wow, wow, wow. Still Let me man. ask you a question about these. Yes. Um, the legs are about six inches each. Uh, I, honestly, I'd say, if I had to guess, I, I'm looking at them now, I'd say about eight. Wow, okay. Because they enough. put them behind like the, the hand ninja and like yeah. tilted. Yeah, they're pretty. Are they, um, are they like bendy? No. So they're just rigid, tall legs. Yep. The rigid toilet, which is what Stiltman was. Stiltman doesn't have knees. Yeah, for some reason, I thought he had like flexi legs, like oh. they were like um, like uh, pipe cleaners, you know? No, the, no, just straight up. No, like pipes. Just straight up. Straight up, straight oh, down. Right, because he just grows straight up and then walks around. That's all he does. Yes, I. Yeah. So I, I pulled out the masterworks. Stiltman's first appearance is like Daredevil number eight. It's a Wally. Oh, so he's really up there early, Wally Wood stuff. Yeah, he's real early, and his costume never changed. Like, he has this stupid – he has, like, an Ant-Man helmet with a dome behind him and yeah. all metal, and he has a gun, and that's been – he looks like that in his first appearance. But it, he, they literally do everything he could do. The first thing he does, which uh, made me so happy that Stanley wrote this, was he designs this tilt man suit. He goes in the street. He shoots up to about 500 feet – and robs a helicopter with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> and the guys flying the helicopter hand him a suitcase full of money, which is yeah. included with this action figure. That's really? It. Yes. And then wow. and then there are uh, there are two quotes I just adored was um Daredevil's like, How can anybody beat him with his hydraulic legs? Mm. And then there's a panel How of, indeed. of him walking over a bridge with his legs in the water and saying, With my hydraulic legs, I am invincible. Wow, wow, wow. They were really, really scared of Stiltman. Yeah, they were sure of him. Yeah, but Stiltman is is Stiltman is a reason I still collect Marvel Legends. That's like the main reason. Yeah, they did this with Hero Clicks um a while back. They made Stiltman and they made it in such a way that you could add more legs to make him as tall as you want. And um, I mean, it's just like once you get to a point in a thing, like a product line that we're making Stiltman of that thing. 
it's a successful line. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's well past the successful line because you got to make stilt man, <laughs> you know? Well, well my barometer, uh, I mentioned it before, my barometer of a Marvel product line is always Professor X because Professor X is boring, expensive to produce because you got to make his wheelchair. Right. But he is important. You can't have the X-Men without Professor X. Stilt man right. is stupid Expensive covers and not important. <laughs> right. It's like uh he's not even important if you listed like top 10 daredevil villains, he's not gonna make yeah. the cut. You know what I mean? It's like he'll be in your top 20 because there's not that many and most of them are terrible. But <laughs> this guy's not on any top 10 list unless you're talking like top 10 biggest dopes in comics. You know what well, I mean? Well, he's also like a pre-Frank Miller Daredevil, which is a totally different kind of Daredevil. Like once right. Frank Miller did Daredevil, you couldn't bring Stilt Man ever, back ever again. Yeah, Daredevil's weird. I I always thought like, oh, well, Bullseye's Daredevil's big arch villain. He's been around forever. And it's like, nope, Daredevil is almost 200 issues before Bullseye shows up. He shows up in like Daredevil 181 or something like this. It's like, yeah, um, I think it takes like- a long time to get... Uh, uh, you know, I don't even fucking, I mean, Electra, yeah, no Bullseye, no Electra. He's not using Kingpin. It's like, who the fuck was Daredevil fighting for 175 issues? Still Mr. Hyde? Man. Still man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bullseye, I, the only reason I remember this was the first Marvel Legends when they used to put comics in there. Yeah. They put his first appearance and it's way before Frank Miller. So it's not, yes. a, he's not like a, like Electra or, or, no, or the not. idea of stealing Kingpin. Um, they're not Frank Miller ideas, but yeah, you're right. It's like, it's well into the hundreds before you yeah, see. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And Daredevil's one of those books that starts with number one. It's not like, it's not right, like- It's like Journey in a Mystery, you know, yeah. where Thor was already, you know, <laughs> had a couple issues under his belt before they renamed the title. Yeah, it's like where issue 120 is Thor's fourth issue. Like, right. there was a lot of Daredevil stories. There really was. Yeah, oh, but- yeah, I don't know what's going on with the comics anymore. I picked up, but when I picked up Stiltman, um, there was a loose McFarlane Capullo Batman. And I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. And it was like a death metal Batman. And uh, he was loose. And Mike was like, yeah, just throw him in. And then I, I took him home. And he's actually a really nice figure because he doesn't break like McFarlane figures used to. But um, And he's a little better than like the DC Direct Court of Owls Capullo Batman. And I was like, you know what? I, I read metal. I can't remember it. And I haven't read death metal. And I went on comiXology, found all the issues for death metal and saw they were five bucks a piece. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I, um, death metal came out of, um, just metal, right? Dark Knight metal. Yeah. Metal was the crossover in 2018 that, uh, Snyder and Capullo did. And then they did. That's where I started. And I, I love the idea of like, the first issue had like the justice league dressed as gladiators on war world. And I, I'm like all in for shit like that. You know what I mean? I love gladiators space shit with superior teams. And then like, I lost track of that series because it came about like Hawkman's Hawk God on some planet somewhere. And then, then it just seemed like DC just got obsessed with this idea of this dark metal shit. And like that Batman, who's the Joker with like the spiky, eye covering or whatever showed up i'm like what the fuck are we doing yeah, then it was just everybody was batman there was a yes. cyborg batman and a flash batman Ugh. and a mansion batman and an aquaman black batman uh there was a doomsday batman and mcfarlane's making all of those and uh of course he is yeah and we were talking about that mcfarlane is really only making greg capullo batman 
figures, which makes sense because Greg Capullo worked for McFarlane for 20 years. Sure. So all the spawn figures that McFarlane were making were basically Greg Capullo designs. So now that he has a DC, he's like, well, I know how to do Greg Capullo designs. Yeah. So they're just doing that like the, um, you know, those like zombie Robins. They're doing those. And Ugh. doesn't uh, it just seem like McFarlane is like the laziest fucking guy in comics now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, well, the thing with McFarlane, I, this is always my feel of McFarlane. I find McFarlane fascinating because he is both attractive and repellent to me. Yeah. And it's like, he has this Midas touch where he understands exactly what comic fans think is cool, but he doesn't like it. And you get that impression that yeah. like you get that impression that, you know, Spawn was this. Well, we talk about Spawn every couple of years. Spawn was this mishmash of Spider-Man and Batman, and it had monsters and cool demons and it was cartoony, but scary. And he, you know, you read it for like a year and then you're like, this story's not going anywhere. But I always get the impression that McFarlane doesn't even really like Spawn that much. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just great. like, ah, I got this thing. I own it. Let's do something else with it. Like, I never get the impression that McFarlane loves anything but baseball. Yeah. But he knows exactly what to do to make, to uh, at least visually. McFarlane's visuals and people he hires, like Capullo uh, or Ashley Wood, they're like, they're made me really, really attractive uh, superheroes. I mean, he hired the four horsemen when they were all kids. And those guys went on to do all of Mattel's DC universe line, which I think even today is the best DC line anyone ever made. Yeah. So he knew talent and he's got an eye for maybe it's like, like design or something. It's he like, knows, he knows how to he, do Spider-Man and, he knows how to do that design, but he doesn't give a shit. So he's yeah. not going to like make it any, make it compelling or any better. He always just seems like I've seen him in interviews and stuff. Cause he's one of these guys that, you know, he's a big name. So he always gets interviewed and I'm sure he loves being on he camera. He likes to talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sure does. And it's like, uh, he just always just comes off as like this greasy douchebag. <laughs> it's yeah, like I've never seen this guy ever not just be completely repulsive. And then he says something and you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, he's a fucking moron. <laughs> it's like, well, he's, this he, guy's a total dope. You know what? He's, he, he figured out the McDonald'sness of comics, at least in the nineties where yeah. it's like, this is what you like. After you have it, you feel bad. You feel, you feel like you wasted your money. You don't yeah. know. You look at the rappers and you're like, that was a mistake. And then about a month later, you're like, I'm going to go get that again. <laughs> it's McDonald's. It's yeah. He's McDonald's. You know, yeah. You don't. Yeah. You don't want to go to Shake Shack and get a really nice burger. You want to get a right. You want to get a, a value meal and feel bad. Right. Something cheap and gross. Yeah, but there is, um, but again, I'm holding this Batman figure while we're talking and it's like, yeah, it's fucking cool. Batman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, it's so frustrating. Uh, but the, a lot happened this week before um, we forget. And I know I'm going to forget. Uh, Christopher Plummer passed away this week at the age of 91. Oh, and wow. Uh, yeah, really, really long, good life. I mean, he uh, he won. A, he was the oldest actor ever to win an Oscar, and he got it for replacing Kevin Spacey in a movie at the last minute. Wow. Um, where you know how oh, um, it is blanking. I need to look this up. But it was a movie that was finished shooting when all the Kevin Spacey stuff came out. Yeah, I think I remember hearing about this. OK. And and he won uh, an Oscar for that. He won an Oscar for it. I am looking it uh, up. Good for uh, him. 
And fuck I'm, Kevin Spacey. Because I'm always going to. In case we haven't said that enough on this show. Um, is it all? Yeah, it's all the money in the world he wanted for. Mm. And he, yeah, he replaced Kevin Spacey, shot it in like a week. I think it was, uh, I believe it was like a David Fincher. Here, here, oh, here it is. No, Ridley Scott. He won his Oscar. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I take that back. He won an Oscar in 2010 for Beginners, which was a good movie. But he was nominated for All the Money in the World, which Ridley Scott directed. And that was, um, it was finished. And then all the Kevin Spacey stuff came out. And then um, Ridley Scott said, well, my movie's not going to fucking tank because of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> hired Christopher Plummer, had him shoot in like six days and he was nominated for an Oscar for it. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of sound and music clips that are out there. Um, he was phenomenal in Knives Out, which may have been the last film he made. Um, Knives Out is still streaming on Amazon Prime. I think I'm going to go watch that again. Uh, that was, oh shit. Yeah, yeah I'm going to taint that memory by saying it was the last date I went on with my ex. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was a good movie, though. Uh, but he was always good. But I, what I really want to point out, uh, my favorite Christopher Plummer role is actually in Star Trek VI. Uh, he played. Yeah, I've never seen it. Oh, it's great! It's the final. It's the final film of the original cast, so it it was designed to be their farewell. Um, it wasn't one of those where it's like, hey, the next movie, uh, this movie didn't make money, so we canceled you. Like five didn't make a lot of money and next generation was getting more and more popular. So when they signed for six, they were like, okay, you guys are going to leave. So this is your grand finale. And then the next one we do will be a next generation, which is what they did. Um, but it's way better than it has any right to be. Uh, this like, it's a murder mystery. Um, there's a lot of really, really great people in it, but Christopher Plummer plays, Chancellor Garkin, he plays a Klingon and he's got like an eye patch and he's playing it big, but he never goes over the top. Yeah. And, you know, he's saying Klingon and drinking blood wine um, and he puts Kirk and McCoy on trial. And it's just, it's this really wonderful role. And he's on the Klingon bridge shooting at the Enterprise at the end. It's not something <laughs> you'd expect from Christopher Plummer and you'd expect it to be bad. And he's maybe one of the best guys that ever played a Klingon. So wow. I definitely recommend watching that if you're going to watch a Christopher Plummer movie uh, or Knives Out, which is on Amazon Prime. The Star Trek movies are a little confusing right now. Um, I think Peacock has a lot of them. I can't say whether they have six or not. They have like random ones. They have every episode of everyone ever made and they're producing four series right now. But they don't have every movie. Some are on Hulu. I think some are on, um, some are also on uh, Netflix. Still, they're bouncing around. Uh, yep, yeah, Star Trek Six is on Amazon Prime and Hulu. It's not on Peacock, huh. but you can watch that now if you have either one of those. Uh, but yeah, it's it's real fun. And if you like the original, if you like the original cast, if you like William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy they go into it knowing that it's the last one and they're trying to have as much fun with it as possible. Oh, that's good. Well, that's good. But with that all out of the way, uh, that clears the decks to talk about WandaVision. So spoilers, because the spoilers are coming fast and furious. Now, uh, 
Kevin Ryan, uh, who's been on the show several times, contacted me last night and he said, hey, are you watching WandaVision? Somebody asked me a question about it and I didn't know. And I said, I said, you need to start watching it. And uh, I feel like two hours later, he texted me back. He's like, I finished it. And I'm like, I don't know if that's enough time to even watch the episodes. Well, they're not hours, right? These are they're half hours. The newest one was 40 minutes, but he must have. After gotten off the text when he put on episode one and then didn't stop. And I wonder what his um, reaction is going through it really quickly rather than having to wait a week like we are. Because this week is going to be a long week. Should we just get into it? Yeah, I mean, I think so. It's, I mean, <laughs> this, the, this was the biggest thing so far. And fo- this was following a bunch of big things that had happened so far. Yeah, so the ending is enormous. And again, if you haven't watched watched episode five, that's probably a good time to pause this, save it, and come back to it. Because um, I I yelled. <laughs> I watched it with the boys and yelled. Yeah. Just not only was it so shocking, but my brain didn't even know what to do. Yeah, I was like, I was kind of stunned. <laughs> uh, I guess we should just say what happened was, uh, well, you you know, because you, you're a good listener and you watch the show. <laughs> um, but, and you didn't pause it. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Quicksilver comes back and they played it up pretty good, right? Because they mentioned him a couple times in the episode. Yes. They've mentioned him before in the series. And I didn't guess it at all. Like, it's the very, very end, and end of the episode. Yeah. There's a not, the, the doorbell rings. She opens it. You see her reaction. I honestly, I thought I was trying to think of who it was and it, my brain didn't go here at all. I thought we'd see Benedict Cumberbatch just because they keep saying that after WandaVision, she's going to be in Doctor Strange too. And I'm like, all right, this is, things are starting to get out of control. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Benedict Cumberbatch comes in and that's a big shock because we didn't know he'd be part of it. He'll be part of the show until the end. And then his movie will take over. Uh, that's not what we got. No. Um, so they, they shot it from the back of him and they even did his hair like Aaron Johnson's Quicksilver, right? Is right. That the one? Right. Yes. But then it was actually, I think his name's Evans, Evans Peters. Evan Peters. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the Quicksilver from the Fox movies. And yep. this did, and then even the Darcy in the show said, oh my God, she cast, recast Pietro. Recast Pietro. Yeah. Yeah. And like Vision didn't recognize him. He asked who this was. Yep. Um, so Wanda clearly knows it's, she looked shocked. So it's like, it's like she knows it's Quicksilver, but it's not her Quicksilver. So what? Like subconsciously she reaches out. They're talking about her dead brother all the time. The kid's dog died. Those kids aged up to age 10. That's crazy. There's like yeah. other crazy shit happened in the show, but then she brings like. And an stuff that she's clearly not in control of. So there are other forces at work besides her. Right. She's running the show, but. And she, she says she doesn't know how it started. I mean, unless she's lying, um, no, I mean, uh, she leaves the barrier, right? She leaves yep. the barrier and confronts sword outside. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be jumping so, all over, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think <clears throat> either she's had a psychotic break because everybody's talking about house of them. Either she's had a, um, a total psychotic break and she's not aware of everything she's doing or somebody else is pulling the strings and she's reacting. Because mm, right, I um maybe maybe somebody trapped her and she created the sitcom 
to keep her brain going. But, um, you know, with, with, when she was pregnant, she asked vision, is this real? Right. Yeah. She definitely has like moments of confusion, but then other times she's totally in the driver's seat. You know, she reversed time. She's repeatedly distracted vision. Um, she left the bubble and went back in mm-hmm. and then changed it. She, it looked like at the end of the episode or whenever she, she leaves the bubble and then she goes back when she leaves the bubble the first time, it looks like a TV static or something. It's kind of like yeah. this weird effect. When she goes back in, it turns like it's no longer translucent and it's red. I wonder if she's maybe made it like a shell where it's well, like, remember her power. Yeah. Her power always manifests as red. So I right. think she's taking more and more control. Hmm. But yeah. there, there are some, there are some really creepy things. Uh, it would probably make sense to go chronologically. We're starting to figure out what's happening to the people. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really kind of horrifying. Actually, right? Is that like these people are in severe distress? Yeah, uh, they're they, they're not able to communicate it unless they're, they're being forced somehow. to do this they're being they're being forced to be in this sitcom right so it's like it's like they know they're in the sitcom they know wanda is running the sitcom but they're unable to voice or act in a way that would contradict like the quote unquote like program you know yeah cuz even like the weird neighbor everyone was thinking um it's agatha harkness her yeah agnes, agnes yeah she just keeps showing up unprompted with exactly what the family's looking and for. vision calls that out this was one right. of the things that was really interesting this episode is vision really starts poking holes at it and it it you know it escalates into an argument because we've been talking for the last few weeks of like is vision a figment of her imagination right, does vision actually exist and then we saw a dead vision last week and then in this one we see footage of her breaking in and stealing the pieces of vision which is John Byrne, John Byrne's Avengers vision quest story. Um, But she's definitely, he's definitely there. She put him back together. And um, I think I mentioned this with Lauren last week. I keep thinking, going back to a line in infinity war when they're debating whether or not to pull the stone out of vision's head. And I think it's a banner that says, yeah, you know, he's a fusion of Jarvis Ultron and the stone. Maybe there's enough of him without the stone. Yeah, it's kind of maybe there's enough of him. Yeah, with Wanda, with Wanda filling in what the stone was doing, maybe maybe he is actually back because he's the one that's confused. Although he says, "I don't remember what happened, who I was before Westview." He doesn't remember being an Avenger. Yeah, I actually wonder if if it seems like he's had his memories wiped. They know they're the Avengers, though, because I think somebody called them the Avengers at one point in the show so far. Well, outside, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, so, you know, Jim, Jimmy Woo and Darcy uh, last week said, so there's a sitcom starring two Avengers. Oh, right. Yeah, so I wonder if, like, but he knows how to use his powers, yep. you know, and everything. And he, knows he knows he's he, a robot. Right, he knows he's an artificial being, so I almost it almost seems like, his memories started when he was reactivated and then she's not yeah. allowing him access to his previous memories. But then another cool thing we learned, or, or I don't know if she's blocking it or in rebuilding him. He had, Oh, to maybe she's not able start to from scratch. Kind of like, um, Groot. Yeah. Or like C-3PO. Right. C-3PO after Sith. And then in rise of Skywalker, which they undid in about 10 minutes. Um, but that, that idea of like, well, we threw your old hard drive away. Right. 
So now we're just, we're just, you're running on a new operating system. So you don't have your old files. Right. Well, that was a cool thing they mentioned too, was they said vision had a will and his will was to not be reactivated if he was ever destroyed so that he couldn't become a weapon for somebody. So it's like that kind of like world building I've always liked where it's like, they talk about the characters, you know, in a deeper context than just like this character did this or said this. It's like, you know, a life beyond what we see on the screen is always kind of nice. But then Photon, Monica Rambeau, they call her Captain Rambo, so nod to her being the first female Captain Marvel, but then she has superpowers now. That's what I think. She, she didn't show them, but... She didn't uh, show them, but, but they a lot of people scan. Yeah, well, the scan came up blank, and a lot a lot of people are thinking be, the way Wanda threw her out, like, hit her with such energy that, it, it, that she absorbed it. Right, because then she mentioned, like, different types of particles. She mentioned photons and something else, and they were mm-hmm. talking about if they had a vehicle that protected from photons and neutrons and neutrinos and all these different uh, um, energy on the energy spectrum. And those are the different, those are the different forms of energy she can shift herself into. So it's like, they're, they're playing around with it there. It's like, I do wonder if we'll see her as like a fully realized like hero character by the end of the show. Probably Um, not by the end of the show, but she is in captain Marvel too. Right, so and even I, they made a nod to Captain Marvel in the show. They yeah. mentioned, and she seemed to have some kind of problem with her. Yep, or yeah. she didn't want to talk about it. So it's like, and again, my guess is we won't develop that here. That'll be Captain Marvel too, where you know probably Captain Marvel would see her again and be happy to see her, and Monica will not be happy to see Carol, and then right. we'll get into it. But there's a little, it's yeah, it's little uh, little Easter eggs. It reminds me of um, like in Avengers. When uh, Dr. Selvig is saying, oh, there's, you know, there's not a lot of radiation coming off Tesseract, just gamma. And, uh, and Nick Fury goes, that can be harmful. It's the right. little, it's the little stuff. Yeah, it's not plot related. I mean, obviously, we got the Hulk in that movie, but it's not like the Hulk grabbed the Tesseract and became like Smart Hulk. Right. But that paid off in Endgame, right? Because remember when they're talking about activating the gauntlet. Hulk says the radiation from the stones is mostly gamma. I'm kind of made for this. It's like, that was a reoccurring um, thread line too. Yeah. Is that the idea that this is how the, all the different stones work. And it's just like, that kind of shit's cool. And that's not planned. You know what I mean? It's like, they laid this road one brick at a time. Right. Now we're in a stage where they're actually planning for this stuff. You know, that's what's exciting about now is like, they planned post- Avengers, right? But Thanos wasn't planned. Joss Whedon just threw that in, mm-hmm. you know? That wasn't like a planned thing. So now that we've completed all that plan, now we're going to see them. This is the first property, right? Post but, yeah, Avengers. But the, the plans are also fluid because when they right. wrote Civil War, Spider-Man wasn't in it. Yes, and they can just shoehorn this stuff in they there. Can, so they can, you sh- know? yeah, they can shift. And you, um, but I just want to give a shout out now to Screen Crush, which is a really good YouTube channel. They've been very, very smart lately. Their WandaVision episodes have been really in-depth and have given uh, given me a lot of insight. So I definitely uh, recommend you check them out. But they were talking about what Pietro means. And they're reminding you, they're like, well, we know Wanda's going into Doctor Strange. And there have been some rumors that Doctor Strange goes into Spider-Man. That yeah. was mostly fueled because Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange. 
So right. It's like, well, oh, now they'll be the cool. And we were talking Spider Man. Yeah, and we were talking about this uh, early on. It's like, oh, that'd be great because they're both Ditko characters. Wouldn't it be cool if Tom Holland showed up in Doctor Strange because Sam Raimi could direct another Spider Man? But we know Spider Man is going to have like Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina, and there's this persistent rumor that um, Tobey Maguire and Andrew yep. Garfield are going to be in it. Yeah, and as Spider Man. So is Pietro the beginning of this? I mean, I don't think there's any other way to look at it. You know, it's like they grabbed the guy that was playing Quicksilver from the, I mean, like four or five X-Men movies, right? He, he was in a bunch. First of- appears in Days of Future Past, I believe. And then he's in Apocalypse. In Phoenix. And, uh, and then he's in, in Dark Deadpool. Phoenix, yeah. Is he in um, Deadpool? The, he's in the second one, I think, very briefly. Um, well, I, oh. But uh, that's not an accident. I think it basically right. means is that like those, the X-Men movies, the Spider-Man Sam Raimi movies, these are alternate universes, right? Is like, there's the main MCU. And then there's like, here's all this alternate u- realities essentially. So it's like, maybe she doesn't have the ability actually to bring Quicksilver back from the dead. She reached out subconsciously for Quicksilver over and grab the quicksilver from like an adjacent reality right because the kids say the kids say fix dead and then she said and uh, and agnes says you can do that and she can't and you know vision's artificial she rebuilt vision right bring him back from the dead but that makes a lot of sense she she can't bring people back from the dead but she can bring people from other realities Right, you know, so it's and then, like she's maybe broken down the barrier between other realities, and it's something that Doctor Strange is going to have to fix in his movie. Right, and the big thing with uh, multiverses, uh, first of all, you know, I, you know me, I hate alternate realities. I find them, yeah, you're not. Com- I find them overly complicated. I'm like, just tell great Peter Parker stories. I don't need 17 Spider Mans running around. But uh, the shadow of Into the Spider Verse, Into the Spider Verse being such a great film, the yeah. only superhero. Uh, animated movie to ever win the Oscar for best animated movie. Uh, it, it It's a seismic ripple through the effect. In fact, I was watching it again this morning and it reminded me of Soul. I was like, you know something? Soul designed their New York to look a lot like Into the Spider versus New York. Just the kind of colors and textures they used to show the buildings. I'm like, we're seeing Spider versus effect in other animated movies. Yeah, I think it's always something we see when something like Into the Spider-Verse hits, it hits way harder and way bigger than I think people thought it did. And then it's not until you're, you know, a year or two removed or two or three years removed from it that you kind of can see, oh, this, here's where it impacted this and here's where it impacted this and here's how it affected this. Um, you know, it's it's nice to see. Um yeah, and I, th- I think one of the things that impacted is that the people making these connected superhero films, they were like, oh, everybody loved that movie where there was different versions of the same character running around and audiences got it because traditionally it was like, okay, that's total sci-fi yeah. comic book thinking. A casual audience is going to get it. But they, but they got it with an animated movie, which means they get the concept. And then right, I think it's one of those things where they thought was a bit more complicated than it was, you know, for yeah. general audiences. And now they're like, all right, let's do it. Let's let's lean into it. Right. And Endgame did so much time travel that kind of the next step is all alternate reality. But this is the first time we've really seen it. I think the only thing I can point to besides Spider-Verse, the only thing I can point to in a live action movie 
that nods at it is Deadpool. And that's part of fourth world breaking. Right. You know, in Deadpool one, uh, Colossus says, I'm going to take you to, to professor Xavier. And he says, McAvoy or Stewart. And I was like, wow, you're mentioning that this, that this uh, universe has been rebooted and we know Deadpool three is being written right now. Right. And we know like Ryan Reynolds is working with writers to do a Deadpool three for Disney. So yeah, this will be an, an MCU Deadpool movie. Yeah. I think there's still decisions to be made. It's like, will it still be a rated R movie? If it's a rated R movie, can it be a full on MCU movie or can it just wink to it? Um, there's also like there's also the spider the live action spider verse that Sony controls out there. Well, I'm sh- I wouldn't be surprised if part of this is Spider Man three negotiation with Marvel is like, okay, well we're opening back doors now, so can we use Tom Holland and Venom? Can we use him in Morbius? You know, uh, can we do Black Cat or Sinister Six and use that Tom Holland Spider Man in everything? Right. Now M- Morbius that got pushed back because of COVID, right? Yeah, but there's a trailer. It's been shot. Yeah, so I wonder if it's like, I know he was kind of hinted at, but then like the vultures in Morbius. So like, what the fuck? Is Michael Keaton in Morbius? I thought he was confirmed to be in Morbius. I don't know. I, or is it one of those like Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man 3? It's not entirely. Yeah, for some reason, I thought that was one of the things that was confirmed, but I don't know if that means that he's playing um, the vulture. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, Michael Keaton, he's listed on IMDb under the cast, but they don't have a name huh. listed with him. It's just it's blank. Well, the other thing this brings up is if I mean Sony is going to be separated, but um Sony is putting out a Marvel vampire movie and Disney is rebooting Blade. Um and oddly enough with uh I forget how to pronounce his first name, Yasher Ali who played Copperhead in Yeah, he's going to be Blade. And also played the Prowler in Spider-Verse. He's going to be Blade. Yeah. So uh is this the first is this the first example of of an actor playing two different roles in the MCU? Because I I mean we've had you've had like people like Chris Evans who is, you know, played Human Torch outside of the MCU and Captain right. America inside the MCU. But have you the only it- guy in the MCU that I know that is potentially played two characters, though you can make an argument that this is the same character, is um, the guy running the field trip in Spider-Man, his teacher, the white teacher. Uh, Martin Starr. Okay. Who was he in, uh, was in The Incredible Valley. Hulk, and he's in the scene where Edward Norton bribes Lou Ferrigno with a pizza, and he gets into a computer in the lab and that's the guy in the lab holding up a slice of pizza nodding it at norton it's the same actor yeah but i so that's true but i have seen i have seen i think there might be fan theories that like that's when he was interning before he got his teaching degree right and it is the same character like how kevin feige said the kid in iron man 2 is peter parker which i right, still don't right. like yeah, I don't. It's like it doesn't have to be. It's like Jesus Christ. It's yeah, it like doesn't, it not doesn't everything help has to be something. It could just be a kid. Yeah, and not all of Queens is at the World's Fair. Right, exactly. It's like it's 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 unnecessary. It's like um I used- there's a lot of people, ourselves included, that want to speculate and guess on like different connections or look at how the MCU is being built and what what they're teasing and what they're coming and it's like that kid being Peter Parker is as dumb as a guy I used to know was, was telling me after we saw the Hulk, he said, yeah. And when, 
the Hulk is at that cave outside with Betty and there's a lightning storm and there's thunder and Hulk grabs a rock and throws it at the lightning. It's like, that's a nod to Thor. I'm like, no, it's not. That's it's just the Hulk raging at thunder like a dog does. You it's like <laughs> Not everything is something, you know? Right, because there's always the danger. The more you tie a universe together, the smaller you make it. Right. You want to be careful. You know, it's yeah. like uh, it's a tricky road to walk. And it's like not all these things need to be as connected as they make them. But yeah. when they do do it legitimately, it's kind of nice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I and I like I like tying secondary characters together and seeing them go through. It's like when um, when Darcy showed up uh, last week in WandaVision and she says like she says, oh, she's doctor. I was like, oh, she got her doctor in. Yeah, she was an intern. Yeah, good for you. I I like that you moved on. By the way, there's been a social uh, network petition to give Darcy and Jimmy Woo their own show. I believe it. Jimmy Woo is fantastic. Um, I I really like that guy. It's just like he's such a he's playing such a goofball character. It's like it's perfect. It's like even Jimmy grew right because he did the magic trick at the beginning yeah. when we meet him. Yeah, it's like he, he he's following his dream too, John. Yep. Well, I um I think it's really interesting that the two characters they pulled, um, the actors Kat Dennings and Randall Park, both really good and both really good in the movies they've been in, but they both had their own sitcoms. So I thought they were really interesting choices for this in particular mm. because they under, even though they're not part of the sitcom world, they're part of the world, the outside world looking in. Right. It's like, you know, Randall Park had fresh off the boat and he was on Veep for a while. And uh, Kat Dennings was in Two Broke Girls, which I believe was all she did between, between Thor Dark World and this. That's yeah, the only time. I don't remember. I didn't know. Um, I didn't watch any of those shows you just mentioned, but I knew that Kat Dennings, that was like where she was at now. The only other thing I saw, um, the one guy, in, is it Randall Park? Is that his name? Yeah. Was uh, he, he's Asian Jim in the office. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the only thing I've ever seen of him. And when he showed up in Ant-Man, I was like, yeah, it's Asian Jim. It's like, you're right. He was in he that. He was great in that. And I, I highly recommend watching all of Veep because it was amazing, but he played like, he played like a Marco Rubio kind of senator where oh, he was like great. he was like young and up and coming and was like leaning on his his uh his war record and there was a season where uh selena meyer which was julie lou dreyfus as the vice president was running for president and he was running against her uh and that's, I, that's where i first noticed him and then i never watched yeah. fresh off the veep boat is but- um my brother was like super into veep he's like you gotta watch veep you gotta watch veep and I couldn't, I tried and I couldn't because of what was going on in our actual politics at the time. But now that we have a new administration, maybe it's time to give Veep a second look. You know what I mean? Now that That's how like- I felt about the West Wing. <laughs> I, like, yeah. like, I didn't want to watch an, a good White House while we had such a terrible one. And right. Elliot, Elliot's doing a rewatch and I'm like, can I watch it now? Is it okay? Veep, yeah. Veep I think um, I jumped in, Just I jumped in midway. It was like, I had HBO, I didn't have HBO. And it was one of those like, oh, well, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, Tony Hale, uh, Matt Walsh. There was a lot, of, a lot of comedians I liked in it. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll just, wa- I'll just watch this because of the people. And then I found out how great it was. Yeah. But th- there came a point where Trump completely eclipsed the satire of it. Yeah, I remember uh, tweeting. This was before Kevin Spacey was known to be a scumbag. I used to watch House of Cards, but then Trump got elected and I, I had to stop watching House of Cards because the real world politics were so toxic. I didn't want to watch 
fake toxic politics shows. Yeah. And then it was revealed that Kevin Spacey was like a super predator. So it's toxic. like, yeah. oh, fuck him. Yeah. It's like, I'm glad I stopped watching this fucking show. It, it bothers me so much because like one of his victims is now um, the engineer Stamets on Star Trek Discovery. He was one of those guys that came out. Okay. So now, every time I watch Star Trek Discovery, I've been rewatching that because it's one of those shows that's gotten better over the seasons. So I did not like season one, but now rewatching it, seeing season three, I'm like, oh, this is where this character comes from. And I really like him now. Every time I see Stam, it's every single episode. I go, fuck Kevin Spacey. Yeah. This guy's seriously. just great. And, you know, and speaking of which, Evan Rachel Wood, who I think is a perfect human being. She's amazing on Westworld. She came oh, out yeah. today and, and said, like, how horrible Marilyn Manson was to her. Yeah, I've, I've seen that getting floated around. I didn't know what was going on. Everyone was she, just sharing. Like, she like uh, testified. Piece of shit. She testified against him, and I'm like, you don't fuck with Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, she's just she's just amazing. It just uh, yeah, yeah, you, you hate to see you hate to hear how good people get fucked around. Yeah, seriously. By at awful least people. it's like we're in an age where these guys are hopefully by and large getting outed and their careers are getting destroyed. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like between that and idiots like Lou Dobbs getting canceled on. Yeah, Fox. that happened like today as we record this. It's like yeah. money Couldn't talks. happened to a bigger douchebag. Well, you know what? Um I really I really applaud the Dominion. <laughs> The uh, the company that runs the voting machines, because every time somebody says that they were hacked or rigged, they sue that person for a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, not like just like a regular lawsuit. It's like a lawsuit in the billions. Yeah, it's Rudy Giuliani is being sued for one point four billion dollars. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, if this if this uh, country is all about money, then yeah, you use That's money to attack people. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jeff Bezos decided to step down from Amazon, and let, when I read into that, I was like, "Oh, that's meaningless." It's yeah, I, like- it's like uh, if anyone thinks that guy's going to be less in control of what's happening, at, all it means is he's trying to step away from the spotlight. You know what I less, mean? It's like less Zoom meetings. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and you know what? I applaud anybody who has less Zoom meetings. Yeah, they're terrible, and no terrible. one likes them. Oh, well, I had two surprise ones, and they ruined my day. Yeah, that's well. That's because they were surprised. You yeah, because I gotta, be I gotta gear up. But like, when you get an email, like, can you do a video meeting right now? And I'm like, dude, you don't tell me to perform. <laughs> right. That's like that's that's like turning on the Tonight Show and they go and like <laughs> and our special guest tonight, John Clark, and then my fucking camera goes on. Like, you gotta like, gear, oh, you, no. you gotta gear yourself up to be on camera and say smart things. Yeah. You know, you know, it takes me half an hour to do this fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but so going back to WandaVision, was there anything we didn't cover? Obviously, it's getting darker. It's getting much more intense. And I think it's getting intense in a Marvel movie way. I was like, oh, my God, the stakes are as high as they are in a movie. Yeah, I think the... Um... I don't know how many we're five episodes in and I think there's nine in total. There are nine. Yeah. So we're more than halfway through. So it's, I mean, shit's kind of really hitting the fan here. I don't think we're really going to let up from now until the end of the show. So I think big things to look forward to is like, um, uh, some kind of explanation for Quicksilver in the next episode. 
Um, I assume at some point we will get a cameo from Doctor Strange. I'd be a little shocked if this show ends and we don't see Doctor Strange at all. Just I'm not predicting like, anything in this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, beyond difficult to, at this point to guess what, what's going to happen. But it's like Doctor Strange, at least I would expect um, to make some kind of appearance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting how I was thinking about this today, how, um, uh, you know, you hate to say that COVID's good for anything, but uh, COVID has helped Disney Plus so much because when they announced all these shows, my first reaction was, well, these will be pleasant diversions. Oh, they're, they're picking because they picked, they picked all characters that were not going to get their own movie. I was like, yeah, they're never going to make a Falcon and Winter Soldier movie. They're never going to make a Scarlet Witch movie. Oh, by the way, in this episode, they said she has no code name. We've only been calling her Scarlet Witch because we know because the comics. The comics, yeah. I didn't realize that they never called her that. Yeah, I, it's one of those things I realized. I just, it's, I just, um, they always, they're comic characters to me. So I always, it's just like shorthand to call them Scarlet Witch instead of Wanda. Um, But yeah, they spent a little time on that in this episode. And it made me wonder, like, I wonder if she's actually going to call herself like the Scarlet Witch at some point. You know what I mean? Maybe it gets that bad. Because I mean, it looks pretty bad. When she leaves the bubble, it looks pretty bad. I was like, okay, what, what is the difference between her and Thanos at this point? Right. You know, where she just comes out and throws a missile at them, gives them an ultimatum. And it's like, it's very Magneto, actually, which is funny. It was, yeah. I wonder now with the MCU combining, if she will be the daughter of Magneto at some point. Yeah. I, I, well, they mentioned her parents in this, too. Yeah, they, they um, were, which were killed in the Tony Stark missile. Right. Correct. Just like, you know, they said in Age of Ultron. So the... I do think hopefully we will get, I, I mean, they go for it. You know what I mean? It's like make her his daughter do the whole thing. It's like, I think it's nice because it, the Quicksilver reveal at the end just kind of shows it's like anything is really possible at this point. You know what I mean? And that would have been true if she brought back like the age of Ultron Quicksilver or this Fox one or, you know, whatever. Um, but it's like, uh, I, I'm, I'm like losing my mind because of the show, man. It's, like, it's, just, it's so crazy. It's like the, uh, the implications for what that last 15 seconds of that show was this past week was, is just, it's just like, oh, we are in uncharted fucking territory now. Well, it's funny too, because on, the, epi- on um, the episode with Lauren last week, she said, well, now that we've had that Darcy, Jimmy, we have she was, oh, they gave away so much of the mystery. I was enjoying the mystery. And now, yeah, I, I, now I was that. thinking like, there's so much more mystery now yes, I than don't we had think, any idea we were going to get. I think they gave us a big piece of the puzzle, but all that did was show us how big the puzzle is. You know, it's like, yeah, we got a huge chunk of the puzzle complete, but it just showed you how much more of puzzle there is. And I don't know that we're out of sitcoms yet. I like I I don't think so. I think there's going to be a 90s sitcom at least. Yeah, I remember seeing stuff from the trailer that I don't think we've seen yet, though. That's largely meaningless because the they straight up lie to us in trailers. You know what I mean? They show us footage that never makes it in the movie. And this isn't a recent thing. I remember. um when we saw the first trailer for Iron Man 3, um, there's a shot of the Mandarin putting a hood on or pulling a hood down, and it's from the back of him, and he has a Captain America shield tattooed on the back of his neck. Oh, yeah. And I remember seeing that and being like, what the fuck does this mean? And it meant nothing. It wasn't in the movie. It was totally a red herring, whether that was like a scene that was cut or whatever it was, it was meaningless. 
And I mean, they did it in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. They had the shot of Spider-Man swinging alongside Iron Man flying and they completely changed the background. They did that in Thor Ragnarok. We're right. like they showed uh, Hela destroying Mjolnir and it was on a New York City street. Yes. Instead of in Greenland, they did it yeah. in Infinity War where they had like the Hulk and Winter Soldier and Captain America and Blackwood and all the Avengers that were in Wakanda running towards the camera. Hulk never transformed into Hulk in that movie. And right. uh, that that scene just simply didn't exist. So, you know, a lot of the stuff might just be different versions of the same scene, right? And they had them all or running might, Thanos Or instead. they might be cuts, because I know with Hulk, Funko released a pop of Hulk yes. busting out of the Hulkbuster armor. And I don't think Funko would have put the budget in for something knowing it wasn't going to happen. I no. think even if Disney said like, hey, this, hey, we're not going to do this, but it'd be really cool if you had it out. I think Funko would be like, well, we can't sell that. I I think um, I think they rewrote that at the they end. They did in like the one game um, director's commentary. The Russos mm-hmm. are talking about it, and they said that changing the Hulk was a big thing that they they shelved from Infinity War because they thought it was too much in the movie. So they thought yeah. with the time jump from Endgame, they said five years. They said that's plenty of time to do Smart Hulk. They'll do it off screen. So that running they, shot could have been in the cut at some point. Been. And yep, then they were absolutely. like, well, we don't have the Hulk. He's still in the armor. So now we got to scrap that. I but mean, they, we don't, we don't but know. But they put it in the trailer to fuck with us. Yeah. Well, they, they also put it in an early trailer before the movie was locked. So yeah. who, who knows? They just, they're constantly, constantly working on these. And that, and that the interesting thing now with Marvel, um, which I'm really enjoying actually, is that w- whether we have phases or not, and there's argue there's arguments of this is phase four, oh, there's no more phases. We don't have a goal movie. The Avengers right. was always our goal movie. We'd always have these separate solo solo hero films, which would be half the budget, and sometimes they'd be major hits like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, like and sometimes they'd be yeah, or sometimes they'd be minor hits like Ant Man, and. Um, but they were always building to Avengers. Avengers was always the main thing. And we don't have that now. Kevin Feige says we are going to get an Avengers 5, but it's not on the list for the next four or five years. Right. And the so only we're not, we not don't know what we're list. building towards. Right. And that's nice to kind of, I don't mind it. I don't mind not knowing what's coming. You know, it's like, that was my big problem with Age of Ultron is you're watching Age of Ultron. It's an Ultron movie. The, the, the problems with that movie aside, at no point am I worried about Ultron because I'm like, well, Thanos is coming because we know we're te- we've teased Thanos. It's like Ultron just seemed like a, a pit stop, you know? And I think that's part of the problem with knowing too far in advance what's coming is that it's um, it, it lessens the threat of the immediate, right? So it's like yeah. WandaVision isn't going to be as big a deal if we know she's going to be in something down the line and, you know, fighting a bigger threat. And, but and it know, is, we know that she's going to be in Doctor Strange too. And yet this is a huge deal because we because don't know what she it. might be the threat. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and what, a, sh- what shape is she going to be in when she gets to Doctor Strange too? We don't right. know. And that's the thing. It's like, this is a character. I mean, uh, everyone's like, well, House of M, House of M, House of M, me included. You know, I'm very much like, yes, read House of M, pay attention to House of M. But um, this isn't the first time Wanda's gone bad or was evil, darker than Scarlet. And we mentioned John Byrne's Avengers yep. run. She goes crazy and attacks the team there too. Um, you know, so it- She gives Wonder Man a painful hand job. 
Yes, she does. And regardless of their reprints, trying to pretend that that's not what it is, she absolutely gives him a hand job. They, they, well, they deleted that. They deleted it being a blowjob. Oh, right. Yeah. They, <laughs> they erased her so head they, going down. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it's crazy that they that that got through. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, how on earth was John Byrne allowed to do that? John, John Byrne was still John Byrne at that point. Yeah. And West Coast Avengers was not a big seller. So they were like, yeah, whatever no you want to do, John Byrne. I guess so. Yeah. You want to have one character give a fucking blowjob to another off panel. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, I, comic books. But I love I love that we don't know where it's going. I love yes. that there's no anticipation. I feel like um like one I feel like WandaVision, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man are gonna be a trilogy. And yes, I think we've heard that before, is that it's it's a loose trilogy, right? Is that yeah. things get set up in WandaVision, they'll build in Spider-Man and they'll get concluded in Doctor Strange. But now here's now here's the thing, and I don't want to get too far into speculation, but in Ant-Man 3, we're getting Kang. So we're introducing this yes. idea of multiverses. Now we're throwing Kang in, who's got yeah. five different versions of himself. Yes. And I I, I don't I, I'm curious to see how it's all gonna kind of relate. I think um it's cool. Kang's an awesome my favorite, so I'm glad we're getting him. Um, I'm curious what the, um, like you said, it's like, you know, Kang's not just going to fight fucking Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just like, he's a much bigger deal than those two characters are going to be able to handle. So um, I, I think it's more of like a setup. We'll have Kang in that movie, but then he's going to have to be a bigger threat for the Avengers, I think. Or maybe the Fantastic Four. Maybe Rama Tut's going to be the first villain, you know? Well, that's what I wonder too, because event- Fantastic Four is was announced so far down the line yes. that, that after I said, Hey, well, the Avengers aren't the goal movies anymore. I'm like, but what if fantastic four is, what if the Possible. way you get us to see fantastic four is by building up these fantastic four type villains, you know, maybe we get a doom. Maybe we, maybe we built a Galactus and the Avengers need the fantastic four. We do get a mention in this of Monica knowing a specialist uh, like a radiation specialist and we don't know who that is and i'm like oh, is yeah, that carol right. is it uh but and it's not picked up on and some of the sites are going like maybe it's reed richards and my yeah. thought my thought about the fantastic four and i love the fantastic four uh they've never made a good movie um was like you know black panther 2 is a great place to do fantastic four because black panther came out of the fantastic four so have the fantastic four come out of black panther uh, but we know less about Black Panther 2 than anything because Ryan Coogler announced this week that he's making a Wakanda Disney Plus show. Yeah. And my first thought was, isn't that Black Panther 2? Because you don't have Chadwick Boseman. So wouldn't... And they're doing both. Yeah, wouldn't the second movie be this movie about Wakanda because all the characters are popular and that's how you fill that void? But if that's going to be a TV, then what's Black Panther 2? Is it Shuri? Is it a new character? Like what? No idea. And yeah, I mean, it's 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 open ended. You know, they kind of they were in a difficult position. Right. It's like, you, you know, they made the right call to not recast it. I think that's the biggest thing is like uh, no one is going to want to play T'Challa, you know, for like a decade because yeah. Chad McBoseman did such a fantastic job. So I think it's, you know, give some time. People get away from it. Um, you have somebody else take the mantle that could be Mbaku, Shuri, or I can't remember the other character's name that was in the show, Okoyo or whoever. Okoyo, um, yeah. Yeah, so, but um, I agree. I mean, I think it's like 
the only two movies that announced that we don't have release dates that, I mean, again, these release dates have shifted so much with COVID and everything, but Ant-Man and the Wasp was just announced with no release date and Fantastic Four was announced with no release date. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was announced, but they said it's coming out in 2023. Um, yeah, and they're doing a holiday these- special. Well, that, first of all, it was because um, they had to wait for Suicide Squad to be finished, which is done. That was announced this week. There's actually more announcements than I thought. Suicide Squad is done and it's going right to HBO Max. Um, I'm oh, excited nice. about that because it's James Gunn. Yeah, so I'm I, excited about it because there's 40 fucking characters in it. <laughs> it's like, and they're all like, it's like half the cast of Guardians is in it. I know. Because it's, it's like, just Michael it's Rooker and Nathan cast. Fillion and just people he likes. Yeah. Like, yeah, you'll be in it too. And, you know, we'll keep Margot Robbie. And, you know, I've been saying this since last year. I really like Birds of Prey. I'm on board with Margot Robbie doing more Harley. Yeah, she was great in Suicide Squad, and she was great in the extended offler cut of Suicide Squad. Oh, <laughs> so God. it's like uh, she certainly deserves to be in like a reboot or whatever they're calling yeah. it. Yeah, I'm surprised Will Smith isn't in it because I figured if anybody, if yeah, anybody, he could seemed. Get I him think back. he did fine. It's like his yeah. Deadshot. You know, it's like as good as Deadshot can be. You know. Yeah, he was Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He plays Will Smith in every movie, but he's great. So yeah. So what's your greatest thing in the world this week? Um, so I actually recommend a comic. It's, uh, it's a pretty good comic. It's not like mind blowing, but I really like the concept and I've enjoyed it so far. Uh, it's a book called the wrong earth. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's a no. indie comic and it's, um, it did one mini series. It must've done good enough that there did a second series. Um, and it's put out by Ahoy comics. So, I mean, this is like, uh, you know, pretty far down the list in terms of like um um you know known comic book companies but jamal ingle is the penciler oh yeah jamal's been Um, on the show he's a good friend of the show yeah i'm a big fan i i really liked uh his like molly danger uh right that was his that he did and so i found this book and it's a cool concept so the idea is that um there's two earths out there and in one earth there's a character he's a superhero uh he's called like mothman or something like this and you know what now now it's now it's coming back because i see those designs he posts yes. them on instagram and facebook a lot yes i've yes. seen the mothman mothman yeah so it's basically the idea is that there's two earths and there's two versions of this mothman maybe like um alternate realities is like our little theme this week and on one earth it's very much like a batman 66 type world you know the hero's kind of a goofball like batman he's got all the gadgets all his villains are over the top silver age villains and then in the other earth it's like the dark Knight rises. It's like, he's an asshole. He's aggressive. He's a darker character, uh, less bullshit, you know, uh, no nonsense kind of attitude and, you know, murdering the criminals and stuff. Um, so it's just a really cool concept for the comic in the first miniseries, They both end up in capers where they switch earths. They go through like mirrors and they end up on each other's earth, but then they are operating on that earth as, the everyone thinks they're still the same guy you know what i mean so it's shenanigans evolve if you put like dark knight christian bale batman in gotham in the bear burt ward adam west <laughs> batman show and then you take adam west and you drop him into the dark knight <laughs> it's like hilarity ensues you know what now, i mean now is jamal writing this or is somebody else writing it um so he's not writing the current series the current miniseries is um it's called the wrong earth um night and day um, I think this is going to be six issues. 
um, I don't know if he wrote the, the initial run, um, but he, he was involved, I think, either he was doing the writing or the penciling. Um, but it's just a really cool indie book. It doesn't get a lot of love because, again, it's like a little indie book probably no one's ever heard of. Um, but it's actually really, really enjoyable. I'm totally digging it. So um, the newest issue came out this week. Uh, it's issue two of this second miniseries, um, but the trade's available for the first one, and I'm sure this one will be collected as well. Yeah, well, you know what? To keep that theme going, I have been reading uh, Batman Golden Age Omnibus, Volume 8. They're up to Volume oh 8 now. God. Um, we're what in year the, is this up to? 1951. Oh, we're my in the, God. We're in the early 50s. 50s. They have reprinted everything from 1939 to 1951. Oh and I'd held off on this. It came out in the summer. And honestly, the summer was a time when I was moving. So I wasn't buying omnibuses. I was selling omnibuses because I moved into an apartment. Yeah. Uh, but I got around to getting it. And they're getting, they're definitely going up in price. The first uh, few volumes were $75 and they were omnibus size. They were like 800, 900 pages. This new one is 125 and it's only 600 pages. Yeah, it's frustrating. But the reason for that is, um, first of all, when each, each higher volume sells a little less than the one before it, so the print right. run goes down. Um, that's what's happening with Marvel Masterworks. They just announced they're going to rebrand Marvel Masterworks. Like re they're going to redo the covers and put out like Spider-Man 1 to 10 and X-Men and Fantastic Four again, um, which I'm not going to do because I have omnibuses. Yeah. But we're paying for the restoration at this point. Like DC has never bothered to restore these 50s comics. They've done, you know, Detective Comics 27 over and over again. So that sure. was paid for. But I'm they look beautiful. They're really, they're really clean, clear, like they're as nice as any Marvel omnibus. DC's really raised their omnibus game in the last five years. Um, they used to do almost nothing and they used to do really cheap paper. They're doing as good a job as Marvel is. It's all a matter of the content. But the books are really fun. You know, we're yeah, I was going to ask, like, how's the actual content? Because I can't read Golden Age comics. It's like it's too far back. It's like it's like uh, I could maybe read like the first appearance of the Human Torch, the first appearance of Captain America, the first appearance of Namor. I'm not going to read Golden Age Batman comics. There's just no way. But like, how is it? Is it readable? They're readable. They're fun because they don't matter. I don't know that every character would do this, but but Batman, it's it's all 12 page stories of him fighting gangsters every right. now and then it's Joker or Penguin or Two-Face. But for the most part, it's like, my name is Pistol McGee and I'm coming to Gotham. Do you mean do you mean all the gangsters aren't named Blackie? No, they're not all named Blackie yet. Wow. We're that was just Stan Lee's particular race. But they all have pencil mustaches. <laughs> Yeah, it was the 50s. You Pencil know, so mustaches or broken noses. Yeah. Handsome guy. If no one broke your nose, you grow a pencil mustache. That's what it is. Yeah. They look like guys that would threaten Groucho Marx. That's fantastic. Um, but but I noticed a running theme that I never noticed before, and I don't know if it's the era or just the way I'm reading this, but every story has the same premise. Every story is the underworld version of something that exists in the normal world. So like the front page of everything is, is you've heard of the Olympics, but what if there was an underworld Olympics? <laughs> you've heard of a library, but what yeah. if there was an underworld library? Wow. You've heard of a bank. What if it was an underworld bank? It's like, it's getting to the point. It's like, you heard of the, uh, welcome to the underworld beauty salon. Yeah. Who's writing these? Is it Mort Weisinger? There's a lot of Wynn Mortimer in there. Um, mm. Mort Weiser. We're getting close to the Dick Sprang era. 
So okay, well, so these that'll be like fun stuff, you know. It's It'll all be very much fun. like um, Super Friends Batman. Yeah, l- let's put it this way: we're at the giant prop era, but they yes. still have to explain it. Like right, like like Robin still has to point to it and go. But but Batman, that giant stapler is a sign for the giant staple factory. <laughs> In about three years, there'd just be warehouses full of giant staplers. Right. And I remember somebody did a run. I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Tom King or somebody else on Batman, but somebody did a run where they were like, they did a story about all the giant props that used to be around Gotham and that they're all just like <laughs> in storage somewhere. Yeah. Do you remember this? Um, it sounds familiar. I, you, what, what it's making me think of, and I don't think it's what you're talking about, Neil Gaiman wrote uh, an origin Riddler story where the magazines come to interview him and he's in the warehouse of giant props and on every page he's sitting on something different. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I don't know. But I don't think that's not. what you're talking about. No, but they're yeah. really they're really entertaining and they remind you all the time of this is for an 8-year-old boy in 1951. Yes. Right. Like and, and disposable. These are not these were meant to be yep. read and trashed. Yes, absolutely because a lot of them are the same ending. They're all they're all these mysteries that you cannot guess. Right, <laughs> where Batman's <laughs> like nonsense. Where Batman's like, I noticed his left shoe had a red smudge on it. And I'm like, you never drew the guy's feet. Right, <laughs> yeah, it's great. You know, and he's always like, he's always apologizing to Robin for lying to him. Yeah, where it's like in this one, Batman fires Alfred, and at the end, he's like, I'm sorry, Alfred, but I had to fire you because I knew the gangsters would give you a lie detector test and ask if you worked for Batman. True story. Right. <laughs> Literally the plot of one of the yeah. stories. Wow. In Golden Age on the Eight. But I love it. I've been reading Batman for, uh, I've been reading Batman seriously since high school, and I've been a Batman fan since I was three and watching Adam West. And I just love that there's this big, thick book of stuff I've never read. Yeah. You know, um, um, and certainly I can't them, say huh? what's that? I have. You'll, you'll get every golden age one they do. You'll you'll go through the silver age, all of it. Yeah, I'll keep going. They, they've solicited volume nine and I'll probably get volume nine. It's um, as long as they don't come out too fast. Right. Then uh, I mean, there's less and less I'm buying now. I'm focusing more and more. And obviously I can't say I've read everything Batman. Part of the thrill is like, oh, there's this whole chunk of Batman I haven't read. And then I've read more of it. Like I've read every amazing Spider-Man. Right. But I can't That's say way less comics, though. That's yeah. Like 30 years less, less comics <laughs> and less titles. I mean, I, right. I can't say I've read every Batman in the last 20 years. Like I haven't read. I haven't bought a Batman comic in a year. Right. So There's just too not much. A, it's not a, an idea of, of being a completist. Uh, I'm, I'm just it's just fun to enjoy fun, dumb superhero comics every now and then. Yeah, definitely. Well, if you want to let us know what's the dumbest superhero you love, please let us know. Maybe you want to see more random from X Factor. Yeah, that's what people like. Why, random. His hands are guns. Yes. Uh, I bought a Squirrel Girl action figure. I know people, she has her fans. Let us know. There's ways to get in touch with us. I'm at Not On My Book on Instagram and Twitter. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. You can also go to Facebook, facebook.com slash Caffeinated Comics, and that's where we post most of the news, and we tend to look at every comment that we get back. Steven, how do we follow you, follow the show? You have a new video out? Yeah, we're trying to get a video out every week, so we did a video last week about uh, jumping on points for X-Men. That's one of the questions we always got at the store, right, was – 
where do I start with comics? So we wanted to do a series of videos about good jumping on points when they come up. And we just happen to be on a great jumping on point for X-Men. The video goes into detail. Um, you can find those videos uh, on YouTube at the Brave Butter Pecan. I'm also on Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan. Um, you can find our all episodes of Caffeinated Comics um, on the Caffeinated Comics blog spot. Right, John? We have all uh, the episodes. All the episodes are at, yes, cabinetcabs.blogspot.com. So everything from seven years, but you can find everything since we joined the Radio Misfits podcast network, I believe three years ago yes. on radiomisfits.com. Oh, and by the way, when this comes out, um, also check out Bat77. I'm on this week's episode talking about a Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill, Rachel Ghoul issue. Um, oh, nice. There was no way you could stop me from doing that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Um, and it's with J.B. Anderton, who's been on the show before. Um, he also runs a Doctor Who podcast, so we've usually had him on to talk about Doctor Who, but he also has a Bronze Age Batman podcast that when I heard about it, I absolutely want to be a part of. And it's a really fun conversation. Nice. So um, to wrap up our theme of alternate realities, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's there's an alternate podcast with me on it talking about an alternate Batman that's very different than the omnibus I just read. Yes, a very different Batman. And we will talk to you on this show next week.